Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rambling B. Jones podcast. I'd like to wish everyone a happy new year. A little bit delayed and belated, but uh, that'll bring me into the today's topic, and we'll jump right into it. And that's traveling while sick. So uh, the reason uh, I've, had a, I've had a gap between the, our last podcast to this one was I was just a, a, a bit under the weather and was not able to, I think, put together a cohesive and uh, long enough segment of clips that I wouldn't be coughing every five minutes in between. So, not five minutes, every minute in between. So I'd have to cut everything together and um, splice it together. So it, it would have been a bit choppy. So I decided to wait. Also, I've been waiting, hopefully... You notice the audio is a little more clear. I'm not sure that it will be, but hopefully. Uh, also brought the microphone outside, so we have some uh, background effects of some birds today. Now that it's January and oddly warm, a lot of birds are out and playing around. And those are some cardinals in the background. But the the first two episodes I did with a, a lav mic that was... Uh, very cheap. It's like two, three dollars on Amazon. So I, I decided to upgrade the mic to one that is ten dollars on Amazon. So still very cheap, but hopefully it doesn't have as much. Uh, it has more insulation in the wires and everything, so it hopefully doesn't have as much background noise. So last time you probably noticed my words may have sounded, or they, they probably sound like a little cut off, or that I wasn't finishing words or. Uh, having any noise in between that's because of the noise reduction tools that I use <clears throat> in post-processing seem to cut all that out so hopefully that this works better and uh, like I said it was nothing too terribly wrong with me but it was a lot of, of coughing you know dry coughing uh, which is expounded in the winter by everything being so dry inside and out and also having a fever throughout Christmas, and had a, had a, a short trip right after Christmas in between New Year. I went to Chicago, and wanted to do a podcast there, but just wasn't filling up to it at all. And uh, it, it gave me the idea because I have some other ones on the, the the docket to do. But I'm like, well, let, let's do one on traveling while sick because I've had I have some stories of doing that, and uh, it was also a debate: should I uh, go on the trip? planned trip uh christmas eve i woke up shivering shaking like, oh no so have to go to the, the families on christmas uh christmas eve and and stay there uh, for christmas as well and knowing that oh, okay here comes a, a fever coming on or just feeling terrible so what what do i do on the 26th we were going to chicago so just cancel the trip, stay in, go for it. Well, as the nature of the podcast, you probably guessed, yeah, I, I went ahead and went. But I guess what risk am I running there of getting more sick? Um, what did I do to uh, survive it? And actually, my sickness broke near the end of the trip, so definitely glad I went. But I think the change of environment actually did help in that case. But this is not like a blanket idea that you, you should travel like this because 
I, I think the only way to do it is you have to know your own body. How does your body react to certain environments? And I, I kind of feel at this point, I can generally tell when I'm going to get sick. I don't get sick often, but when I do, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty violent. And traveling to so many different environments and having no boundary for trying anything uh, like locally, especially with food or uh, not going to cancel anything due to like weather or how I'm feeling. Naturally, you're, I'm going to get sick uh, from time to time. And I have. And I think I, I have a, some pretty good ideas. Maybe if you're traveling uh, or you're going to places that do not have, well, let's say, the best medical uh, options available, what do you take with you? So, oops, Mike slipped. Uh, a lot of my travels, as you know, have been in Asia and in China. And when you travel there, you definitely need to take along um, some your the pills that you think you would need on any kind of sickness you need to take. So ibuprofen is something you need to take in mass quantity. I always have a ridiculous amount of ibuprofen. Well, for personal use, on a trip you might think, well, I'm just going a couple of weeks, but ibuprofen can be the difference in you maybe <laughs> going to the hospital or not. So that's something you need to take. And why don't you just buy it uh, at, the, at the the store when you're there? Well, in China, I'm not sure if it's all synthetic, um, uh, all synthesized drugs are not available over, over the counter. But it's, I mean, there might be some you can buy, but you definitely can't buy ibuprofen or Tylenol, uh, like let's say flu or severe flu, something like that, you would have to go to the hospital, and they're probably still going to be reluctant to, to give you that. Everything you can buy over the counter needs to be like a, of a natural derivative. So it has to be uh, herbal or, or, or natural. Even in, yeah, even, even today, that, that, that's how it is in China. So uh, I think America has, has a problem with throwing high-dose pills at every problem, but on the opposite end, in, in China, they go, uh, they're cautious on, on the other end of the spectrum. So if you're traveling there, and all seasoned travelers to, to China will tell you, and to Asia, take uh, ibuprofen and like Tylenol, something that can break fever, because if you become sick while traveling there, you will need this. And that's something I had to rely on uh, last year. I was traveling to see the Xi'an Warriors, and I got sick between there and Harbin, which is the northern, most northern city in China on the, the Russian border. It's above North Korea. And so that's where my wife's from, and we were visiting there. And on that trip, we were in Xi'an, which is in the, where the Terracotta Warriors are. So they're in the, uh, on the central plains, and this was in the summer, like July. Incredibly hot, dry, it's desert, dusty. 
So it either happened there or in our being. I'm not exactly sure, but I had some particle inhalation that got in my lungs. That was actually for our wedding because uh, we were married. We actually had several weddings. We, we were married in the States legally uh, by uh, local jurisdiction, then married, uh, I guess symbolically you could say, in an island in the Caribbean. And then we had to have our Chinese weddings. We had two when we were back in China. And the reason for doing that, if you travel and you want to have a, a they call it destination wedding. If you want to do that, just get married in the States, uh, if you live in the States, because it's going to save you a lot of uh, trouble and headache. It, it, unless you have this, I, I don't know, like really specific reason that you want to legally on paper be married in wherever, let's say Aruba, we got married in Antigua, then you, you're up for a lot of, of a, a bit of annoyances and issues. Even, with, well, Mexico, I know you have to be there before your day of wedding, you have to start your process, I think, five days before. Um, I'm not sure which countries require blood work, but some of them will. I do know um, Mexico will also have, like, a, you have to have your documents translated, so they also have a fee for that that's still, like, four or $500. So if you go there to to be officially married in that country to come back with the proper documentation to uh, to verify that in the U.S. and in their country to whatever specifications they have each country is different it's a it's a bit of a, a problem when you can just go to the courthouse and get your uh, marriage license there instead of going through whatever hoops and jumps that, that you'll have to it maybe cause you problems when you come back, if something's not done right. So, just a side note, uh, if, if you're ever planning to do that, or have this idea, yeah, take, take the pictures and you can have the wedding at uh, whatever country, but for legal purposes, just do the paperwork in the States. It's, it's a lot easier, and, uh, and that's what it is legally anyway, it's just the paperwork, so just, just do that in the courthouse. But anyway, we, we went to China to have those weddings, and uh, the night before, um, we had one of them. Everything seemed to be going well. I had visited the Xi'an warriors um, maybe, I think, two, two days before that, two days prior, and it, it was very hot, and oh, some not heavy dust storms, but still a, a lot of sand particles, a lot of dust going around. Also, Harbin, when we... Uh, left Xi'an with Harbin, it's also very polluted. So you also have uh, particles in the air. And uh, probably my mistake to think I'm used to it or can handle it is not wearing a mask. And when you do travel, make sure you take your mask from the States. And it is kind of a big deal when you do travel <clears throat> in China that you have a, a 3M mask because three is kind of the standard for, for quality, for air filtration. Because if you buy them, well, as you might suspect, that some things are fake there, so they're not above faking uh, air respirators, that the little filters that go on, on the mask. So you, you want one that actually will work. So just like the pills, you, these things you need to take with you. 
as a, a bit of percussion and when you need it uh, it always seems like you can't find it so anyway I'm there have the first wedding that night I wake up in a, a, a very bad fever shaking shivering coughing and I think I have maybe some kind of flu or, or something like that but <laughs> the wedding is later that day and my temperature it gets to uh, it's like right at 104 it's extremely high it's like right at 103 and a half so this is almost pretty severe and needing to go to the hospital but uh, I also have the wedding to attend and this is kind of the bigger one as the one night before was a little s smaller scale but this is the one with all the extended family coming in to see it so <laughs> uh, I, I had to make it so the only way to do that was my reserve of ibuprofen that I always carry with me it's I had ibuprofen and the Tylenol severe so I start just taking as much of that as possible and get my fever to probably 102 just down a little bit and uh, enough to where I can go to the, the wedding. But the problem is, because of that uh, particle inhalation, I'm talking like this. I, I can't talk. My lungs, uh, when I breathe, and even if I stop breathing, I can't stop producing this sound of, I guess, like a exorcism. You know, my lungs are just crackling and popping as the, these, um, whatever the particles are doing in my lungs, are just... <coughs> So it, that's causing me to also cough further. So I have a fever, coughing like that. I have absolutely no voice to speak. And I, I have to can, you know, go through the wedding and everything like this and even have to give a speech sounding like a, a, a you know, thousand-year-old smoker. But I, I battle through it um, and, you know, make my way back uh, to the home and my fever is getting numb better I can't breathe anything the air is, is is dry like I said it's the summer and it feels like a feather is just in my in my lung on every breath so I'm coughing uncontrollably and what I have to end up doing is going down to southern China uh, because I knew I I really wanted to cut the trip short and get back to the states because I, I was fearing that you know something is going to be problematic soon, so I probably need to be near uh, a, a competent hospital. So um, I'm thinking about that, but I also know I won't be able to go through the the, the customs because they have thermal cameras, and I know with my fever, there's no way I'm getting through there. So I go down to southern China where it's tropical, and actually that helps me recover somewhat because I'm able to breathe. And in the summer, down around Hong Kong and uh, uh, Shenzhen, the, the humidity is 100%, so it's like sitting in a shower. So I was able to do that and recover enough to where I could get my fever down and get back to the, uh, the States and you know come to the hospital here and get some treatment. But that, that problem lasted uh, several months and would, and I think still periodically, comes back with uh, the coughing and the, the particles coming up, but it sounds pretty extreme, and I think it could have been, but the I've, I've had x-rays and everything, so the, there's there's no like permanent spots on my lungs or, or something like that. I think it was just enough to 
uh, you know, get a fever up. And but thankfully, it, it did did come out. But without the uh, that ibuprofen, I, w I probably would have gotten uh, a little bit too far, and then taking my chances in a hospital there with a fever, it would have been really miserable. And one thing that did help me, I ran out of medicine. So I had a small bottle, and that's why I say you need to take a ridiculous amount when you do go, or more than you think you need, because if you get sick and you need to really start taking it, a couple of days will take, will, will uh, go through what you might think you need. So you, you, you need to account for that. And luckily, uh, we were able to find a family that had just come from the States and brought some back with them because they always would stock their parents' home with, you know, what I mentioned, what I previously mentioned. <clears throat> so they had a, she gave me the whole bottle that she had just brought back from the States of uh, Tylenol uh, severe flu because they use it when they come over, or their kids come over, and they uh, getting sick a, a high probability. Especially when you are um, <clears throat> in these, you know, dry airplanes. So anything that's about to come out, it, it's probably going to be revealed after a couple of days in the airport and being around everyone. And like I said, the dry air will just make your lungs and just a, a, a target for any kind of sickness. So you definitely need to take that. Take a lot of it. Take, um, you also need allergy medicine. I used to carry, because it was easier to get at one point, I did carry an EpiPen when I was traveling in um, much more remote places than um, than Asia, in Africa or Central America. I'd take a, uh, an EpiPen for any uh, emergency stings or allergic reaction that may occur with the, the group I was traveling with or myself. And that one... As you probably know, EpiPens are not the easiest to get now, but you can get a, a prescription for them. And if you're traveling to places without uh, medical facilities, that's one thing I always took that uh, with a water filter and EpiPen, because uh, a few things would cause such an that could fix an emergency so quick that could be disaster to fixing it. That's one thing that's nice to have in the bag. I have really not had any success with uh, things like related to stomach or, or vomiting, diarrhea, anything that you can pack up in the States here that I found. I just think if it's, if you're needing it, it's just not powerful enough to work. Or at least in my case, if I'm that sick, then there's no pill you're, you're buying at the, you know, over the counter that's that's gonna stop anything because it's probably gonna be coming back up before uh, it it even has a chance to work. However, but like I, I've said a million times, the ibuprofen also for swelling because when you travel you have to walk, uh, you may have to walk a lot more than you than is expected, so. Reducing swelling is key, so take more than you think you need. And speaking of puking, this was <clears throat> one time, yeah, I was going back to 
to China by way of Charlotte. I think Charlotte connected somewhere then. Uh, and it's somewhere because I can't remember where it is. I'm fine. I'm, uh, my parents are there. I'm getting ready to get on the plane and just like, or well, go through security at least. And I've, I've, I've already checked in. No symptom. Like, no symptom at all. Feel fine. Ready for the trip. Let's go. I was getting ready to tell them bye. And I was like, man, I feel a little weird. Uh, let me go to the bathroom. By the time I get to the bathroom, I'm already <laughs> doubled over, just projectile vomiting all over the place. And I'm like, oh, no. Because <laughs> this one is, it was a bit of a long trip. Have late, I had a kind of a long layover. And I knew this was going to be miserable. So I instantly was hit that hard and so sick that I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make the trip. So I discussed with my parents. I'm like, look, here I have some pretty powerful uh, pills. I'm going to just take those. Hopefully it, it subsides everything. I'll be good to go. I actually feel pretty good now. It's, it's okay. I think it was maybe, I don't know, some might. It could be a little weird. So I go through security. Everything's cool. I sit down on the, the plane. I'm sitting closer to the front. And you know that look that uh, when you walk by first class, that kind of snooty look, and it's not 80s stand-up comedy, but it, 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 there's some truth to that. It's like, yeah. It's the go on to the back in the uh, with the livestock, right? Well, that's the same look I gave them when I went and barfed all over their bathroom before we took off. I sat down on the, sat down, I'm feeling it, it coming again. I'm like, oh no, the, the, and the 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 bathroom in the back, it's too far. I'm not gonna make it. I just like start grabbing as we're. This is as the plane's taking off. It's going down, uh, the the runway, and I just like take off my seatbelt and I'm running to the bathroom past the first class right there and the. The stewardess gets up like, sir, you can't do that. You can't. I'm like, I'm going to puke everywhere. <laughs> if you don't, I said, I'll puke in the floor here. So he goes, just go in, go in the bathroom. So I am, it's perfect timing, getting ready to puke as the plane's playing, you know, as it's uh, getting lift off. So I have to <laughs> angle whatever's coming out as the plane's going up. So if you wonder, Will they let you? Yeah, they're not going to stop you if, if, if you're that sick. So I did, and like I said, I don't get sick often, but when I do, it's violent. So it, I don't know what noises were coming out of me, but it was enough to wipe that smirky smile off their face when I got out of the bathroom and went back to my seat. So they didn't, they looked at me in horror, and they are now thinking that they have some contagion that I spread all over the airplane. Maybe I did. But uh, they didn't uh, give me that look over the reading glasses for sure. <laughs> because it, it was a pretty horrific scene. So I make it to wherever my transition is. And at this time, I'm, uh, I'm really sick. The fever, obviously, what's going on intestinally. So I think it's Atlanta. Let's just say Atlanta. I'm like... I'm not going to make the plane uh, or there's no way I can, I can pull a, this flight was like 18 hours. So there's no way I can sit on a, in economy, the cheap seats for 18 hours like this. I couldn't even get off the floor 
and I was laying in the, the floor of the, the terminal that, you know, says the, this is the tile floor because it was so cold, and I was just laying there on it. I, I think I remember calling that or talking to the airline, like, how can I do that? They're like, oh, yeah, we can. Uh, <laughs> they always say they can change your ticket, but the, the change fee was like $650 or something like that, and then you'd have to get a hotel and book another flight. So I'm like, I'm going to do everything in my power to get on that plane. And I did. Everything's really hazy at that point because I, I was just so sick. I it was several hours that seemed to go by in a blur, and I'm like, I'm going to try to get on the plane, and I end up making it onto the plane. And they, I don't know if they gave me a seat by the bathroom or if that was just coincidence, but I was right beside of it, and I did have a, an aisle seat, so. I'm like, okay, I think I can handle this. And again, I don't know how many, uh, like, uh, 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 like anti-vomiting pills I had taken at that point. But that's what I, I was going back to earlier, saying it, it's not going to work because it, it doesn't have, if you're that sick, this is just my experience. I've never had anything like that uh, dent some oncoming tidal wave of, of sickness. It's just something you have to have to just ride out. And so it's almost the perfect time again, plane starts moving. I go in the bathroom again, making all the noise in the world. Come out, the lady sitting beside me, is, uh, she's like an older Chinese lady. Just the local horror on her face was like, oh my god, you know, this guy's going to be beside me for 18 hours and uh, <laughs> who knows what he's going to do. But I did take, um, I, I can't remember even if I took anything or if I was just that exhausted that I did fall asleep. But because of the fever and everything else going on, somewhere in the middle of the air, I wake up and I'm just <laughs> like halfway on top of this lady just like slapping her and my arms are flailing and she's I just wake up looking at her and she's just like her her hands are down by the seat and she's just wide-eyed and just in, in in fear that you know this this guy is probably on some kind of drugs because it probably looked like that because like I said I was very sick and then I guess because of the fever, I, I I don't know, but I just woke up. I was rolled over, just like and just like <laughs> hitting her. Uh, but it wasn't like hard. I guess it wasn't hard. Who knows? <laughs> but just like sausage arms, <laughs> and I just look at her and I'm like, and I realized like, oh no, I'm like, uh, sorry. <laughs> then <laughs> she didn't say anything. Just look forward and like. Let's pretend that didn't happen. And I, I agreed. But I did manage to, to get some sleep because of, you know, the exhaustion of everything I'd been through. And it, it did pass. So, 
when do I guess when when do you know that something like that's coming on? Because that come on me, and I had no warning, I had no warning at all that this was going to occur. And like I said, it, I was getting ready to go through security, and it just hit me like that. Um, and this is where, if you're taking trips, you balance taking a good flight that costs a little more. Let's say a little, not like absurd, like uh, you know, flying business or something, and paying out of pocket for that because that's if you're going across in the ocean, you're looking uh, five, six thousand dollars for for just a business class. Thankfully, now they do offer uh, these like economy plus options and something that's in between. And if you fly, my favorite, the Airbus three hundred and fifty and fly uh, Comfort Plus on it. Actually, they have Economy Plus, then Comfort Plus. So there's now four zones. Economy, no Economy Plus, Comfort Plus, then Delta One. Just depends on the plane. But uh, you can pay a little bit more money. And for your trip, that can be the difference in you enjoying your trip or staying sick from most or all of it. And that's something you, you have to weigh. You have to weigh that option because... When I went to Australia, I it was just the time of year. I don't know, but I had to take the absolute worst combination of flights to get there. And instead of going from, uh, from or going toward the east or to the west, I went to the east. So I went over Europe to Abu Dhabi, stopped there, then went to Australia. So like the to Abu Dhabi is fourteen hours. And then it was another, after every layover and everything there, I had to get in the plane and then fly another 14, 15 hours, something like that. It was crazy. And I just do not do well when I'm in that amount of dry air for that long. I'm going to, my nose is going to start bleeding and uh, I'm going to start coughing. And I, I think that comes from also some previous uh, sicknesses, especially in Mexico. As I have caught uh, some unknown um, lung conditions there uh, se several years ago. So uh, I think it just makes me more susceptible to uh, catching some kind of cold. But this was not. This was uh, a flu that lasted two weeks. And I, at some point in that trip, I, I knew I was going to get sick because it's just too long. And you put your body through too much. And it's quite remarkable what your body will do when you travel. It will hang on, and it will be so resilient. And that's why, for me, it comes on when it does. It's, it's very violent because the body just cuts out all the little, the little things, and it can absorb it. And it, it is, it knows as you're traveling, it, it can't really break down, so it absorbs some, some heavy, some heavy hits. But when it comes time to be like, all right, that's it, and then that's it, and you're, you're really sick. So uh, just midway in that trip, not midway, I mean, it was probably the total trip from the time I left my home to arriving at the hotel in Melbourne was, <laughs> oh, God, is is a 40-some hours, like 40, it's, it's near 50, 48, 50. It's a, it, and to stay awake that long and to put your body through that, it's, it's going to be like, nah, I've had enough. You're going to be sick. 
and usually that happens when you, you can travel everywhere, or I can travel everywhere, eat whatever I want without much uh, repercussion. But as soon as I get home, then it, it's going to, I know something's going to happen. So the way to combat that is trying to, to sleep and, and take care of your body as much as you can as you, you are traveling because you will get into a zone that you think that you're invincible to some extent or like well I haven't got sick yet or I'm just going to keep going and doing that and it can really ruin your uh, your trip and if it's a place that you've that's very difficult to get to and you've planned for a very long time and it's a life lifelong trip hopefully these semi-gross stories have, have give you some uh, some ideas to maybe get ahead of things before they get too far. And that's what I was saying with watching your body when it's, you know, you're starting to, to swell or the nose starts running or you, you're just feeling a little crummy. I'm, I'm not the kind of person to say just uh, treat it with drugs, but when, when you are traveling in, you know, places that you have a short period of time to, to enjoy and you, that you're not, and in the same spot for, you know, for very long, you, you really need to get ahead of it because if you don't, it's going to lay you flat on the floor because I've had it happen way too many times to, to, to pretend like, well, you know, it's, what's a little cold or, or this or that. And that's going back to what I mentioned in the beginning It's going to Chicago. I knew, what I could do to my body, even with a fever. And my fever was 102 um, the morning I woke up on the 26th. But wanted to, uh, Katie wanted to see all the Christmas lights and, you know, do some shopping and everything. And we went to the, the Field Museum, which is uh, a phenomenal place. Uh, and we got to see some some mummies and, ooh, the, yeah, the lines of Savo. That will be a podcast maybe of, of dealing with wild animals because these are some we got to see the uh, if you go there they have the the real uh, two lions that were responsible for that and they made a movie about it as well it killed a hundred they, they estimate about 135 railroad workers in Uganda so I would not get to see those things if I were like well I have a fever can't go but uh, I was able to keep on a routine of medicine and knock it out and uh, felt better while while being on the trip so that's maybe a success story of all the other, of excuse me all of the other ones um, of maybe the uh, viruses and sickness getting the better of me but as I bring this podcast to a close I do have written down here just what I carry in my my, my travel kit, and it, it may just sound so basic, but things you, you don't want to get away from you, things that you shouldn't check in, in, in your uh, luggage is definitely uh, your medicine bag, your medical bag. And if you're not someone who's used to getting sick, because most of the trips I go on, I don't. It's not, even a, this is just a few stories out of, a lot of travels but when it does come you better hope that you have it so that you can make it to the next stop 
And again, ibuprofen, a lot of it. Tylenol, because you can rotate your uh, your ibuprofen and the Tylenol. So you need to do that. So a bit of, you need a, a lot of those each. Something, I always take uh, antihistamine because you, you never know how your body's going to react to different environments. So I take, they're so tiny, you can take a lot of those. I really recommend that. Always take, always keep lotion as well with me for my face and some chapstick because when you're in uh, the planes for such a long time, you, and it, like going to Xi'an, your skin will just, if, if you come out of a humid climate and into that, it's going to dry out so quick, uh, that's going to be miserable and you're going to be uh, dealing with a bleeding face in no time. So always just keep that and keep earplugs because sleep is very important when you are sick or you're trying to prevent being sick along with jet lag and maybe all the other noises if you're in just a noisy place or you're trying to sleep even during the day it's impossible so I in all my suitcases all my bags I have the the, the, the best ones I can find they're about uh, they reduce up to I think 35 decibels so that's what I would highly recommend to keep with you always. So on the airplane, you can put those in and get enough sleep so that you're not in a vulnerable situation or your body doesn't reach that tipping point. Those, along with some sleep aid. Uh, take, take the sleep aid. Try to fight the jet lag, especially if you have to go from one place to the, the next in rapid uh, order. If this is like a one week long trip or two, even two weeks, and you you have to change so many time zones, take the sleep aid. Use the earplugs and make sure you get the sleep because if you don't, your your body will hit that point, and it's no fun. Also, one last thing you always keep with you is Nyquil tablets, because Nyquil is uh, for fever reduction for coughing. That one is a go to that uh, it will pretty much kick anything that you do have, but make sure you have them, make sure you have enough of them and keep them. I have some that they just get so old, I have to throw them away and get a fresh set. But when you do need them, you definitely need them. So don't underestimate of what a sickness can do to you in a trip. It can definitely make it miserable and the whole point is to, to have fun and enjoy where you are. So keep these with you as a bit of precaution. I would say this is more so than anything I carry is the just a small medical bag is more important or has been to me than, you know, anything probably uh, other than my camera. That's the, the one thing that I cannot forget is that it's a very small but will save your butt and contact solution make sure you have that because a lot of places contact solution is also seen as a medicine so you cannot pick that up you just want to go to the supermarket in america you can in the states you just go to wherever grocery store walmart buy contact solution not so in a lot of other places because it's seen as a medicine you have to go and oddly enough some places that also sell 
uh, like glasses or uh, contacts, they don't sell the actual solution. It's something different. And you can, it can be quite a runaround to actually even find that. So always make sure you have that with you at all times if you wear contacts. So it might seem a bit uh, like trying to be your mom or nagging on things. Like, this is so simple. But honestly, if you don't have it in a, a lot of places, and I've been to those, you won't be able to find it. So it's better just to have it. Always take it with you. The, the And this bag, too, that I have, it, it's never unpacked. It, it's never unpacked, and I use it for something else. For my travel bag, it, it stays there, and it stays fully loaded. And so I recommend just having one of those. And uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. And uh, hopefully the audio was a little better. I am... Uh, on about uh, 40 minutes for this one so hopefully you stuck through the whole thing I really enjoy uh, getting to do this and having people listening and listening to my stories hopefully they're coherent enough and entertaining enough to, to keep you on board so if you feel that way uh, again with your medical bag make sure you jump on to iTunes and subscribe there get people uh, maybe most people right now are listening through uh, the links on Facebook, but, uh, that's fine. But if you're on Spotify, uh, 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 Google Podcast, or uh, even CastBox, uh, or, and iTunes, just, you know, if you don't mind, that, that'll help uh, get the word out a little more, and it helps also push me up in uh, different uh, analytics so more people get to listen to the podcast. And the best thing, too, is just uh, spread the word and, also, if you have any ideas for future podcasts or you have questions or recommendations, please send that to me. Uh, you can send it to the email. You can send it on the on our website or just on Facebook. Send a direct message, and I'll be more than happy to answer that. So thank you again, and see you next time.